Hello, 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 and welcome back to Let's Talk About the Facts. And we are back with Nate Ruger because honestly, we just can't get enough of you. Aw, it's good to be back. It is. And honestly, this was your subject. You asked me a question about this and I was like, you know what? This would make a really good episode of the show. We talked about someone who we're going to feature in just a moment. And so, of course, I had to bring him on to talk about it, right? Happy to. Yeah, yeah. It's great when I get to say, oh, yeah, what's that about? And then someone does all of the research and gives it to me and talks about it with me. That's, that's, That's the easy part. Why Google when you have this podcast? It's true. And the funny thing is, is... The whole point of the podcast was so I would stop telling everyone the same story over and over and over again, (laughs) which did not work. I just tell the same story over and over again and have a podcast where I could just say, yeah, here we are. So we are taking a slight turn today. Um, We are going to talk about a couple of unsolved cases, but that's not why we're talking about it. We're going to talk about an unsolved-ish concept that can never technically be solved what it's just part of our life oh okay all right you're the one who asked the question so yeah no no i love it i love that you're uncertainty to the mix yeah you're here it's what we need right so there's this concept in the world of what a psychic is and Mm. what a psychic is not and you know that concept varies across the country across the world across different creeds and groups of people and i think you know we all hold very different views of psychics i cannot talk about all of those in one episode but i decided to talk about two okay and two specific people one of which you asked me about and Mm -hmm. um what i like to think here is we are not here to tell anyone what to think or what to believe. That is not our job, right? Not at all. Nope. And that's actually where our conversation stemmed from. And what we are going to do is take the stories of two people, face value, and just talk about the facts. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's like... <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. It's the name of the podcast, right? But we're just going to talk about, you know, these two prominent figures who happen to be psychics, what they did, and the ripple effects. So, of course, it's hard to approach this topic without personal opinion, but to be clear, just like within every episode, we neither affirm nor condemn, and we are just here to make conjecture and not accuse. So this isn't the final round of Clue. We are just telling these stories and not coming to the conclusion. Uh, yeah, I know. I hate myself, too. I'm going to use a candlestick very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Wonk! I know. I already took a lead pipe to my own head. But I do want to take a moment here to give a warning for anyone who is listening that though we are not discussing the details of the crimes, we are discussing cases that are about sexual assault. So listener discretion is advised. Dun dun. So, Nate. Yes. You're around my age, kind of. Ish. It's close enough. We would have been in grade school together. True. Yeah. Something like that. I think we would have gone to the same elementary school. Uh, for like briefly. (laughs) Uh, so these figures may be brand new information. No, they're not what you asked me about one, but for someone in our age bracket, one of them may be brand new information. And one of them might've been a staple Mm -hmm. of television. Right. 
We both live in Los Angeles. Yep. Psychic culture is enormous. It's weird. It's like you drive down the street and you see a little neon sign, like on weirdly almost every other home, every other right? shopping district. Uh, and you just that little neon hand and right here for or tarot. like an eye or something like that. And I kind of see it. This might be funny to you, but like it kind of shows me that the neighborhood is going in a good direction. <laughs> you know how like in the South where I grew up, you've grown up in California in the South, you know, churches pop up and they're like mm-hmm. the neighborhood's taking a turn for the better. I see like all these psychic pop up shots. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, the neighborhood's doing okay. Yeah. You know, we got this. When the crystals come out, you're like, okay, we're this is a pretty good, uh, pretty good neighborhood. Yeah. You know, mom and pops are doing okay, or mom and moms and pops and pops. And I'm happy that we have these small businesses. And uh-huh. you know, I'm not here to judge. I just notice that every time there is a surplus. Well, maybe it's not a surplus. Maybe it's the exact kind of plus we need. Yeah. Of psychic shops popping up. The neighborhood seems to get better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm living for it. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I got to be honest. I'm not bebopping into a psychic shop. That's not my jam. That's not where I'm at. But, hey, I see you. Thank you for lighting up the sides of the sidewalk because nobody else is. <laughs> um, no correlation between the two things at all. <laughs> no reasonable one. I just notice it and I'm like, thanks. Thanks for being here. Thumbs up. It's like a taco truck, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No taco one's... trucks and, and uh, come in for a tarot reading. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. That and, and traffic. Yeah. That's very LA, right? Very much. But you know what? What I've noticed when people speak about their, quote, psychic, right? It's a mix between their best friend, a romance, between a coworker, a spiritual advisor, and a therapist. That's like how it feels when you yeah. hear someone describe their psychic, right? And it's always like this hush secret, like, my psychic told me, right? Mm-hmm. But then somehow it's this weird piece of advice that is somehow grounded in a piece of the world. Not like what you see on TV when they're like, I see the color yellow and the letters Q, W, E, R, T, and Y. And you're like... That can be anything. Well, it feels like it's just a custom keyboard, right? (laughs) Wordy. (laughs) Been there. Thank you, Angela. I appreciate everything you do. Yeah, I already have Wordle. I'm good. I don't... don't, Yeah. Give me the green letters. But sometimes the advice is just generic enough that I'm like, huh, I should avoid it stepping on subway grading. Because there is a sign that says not to. <clears throat> you know? Yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah. It's a good rule of thumb, you know? I've always considered the concept harmless. It's all in what you believe. But then we'll get into what has been the reception. Our first story ooh, ooh. was a big hit thanks to the television. Oh, yes. Your question. Yes. Who was Miss Cleo? Who was Miss Cleo? We saw her on television. All the time, yeah. And she had such an enchanting voice. Yes, yeah. Anyone, like, 90s babies out there remember? Early 2000s? Yeah, just like, you turn on the, it felt like it was on every channel. Like, yeah. regardless if it was primetime, if it was a kid's, uh, if it was kid's cartoons. Nick at Night. Nick at Night. It was just like, it was always there. And she felt like your best friend. It was definitely one of those where it felt like at first you're like, what the heck is this? I don't believe in psychic stuff. And then you see the 11th commercial in a week and you're like, 
you should call her. You know, you should, you should like the way that people would have like prank call parties or like oh, yeah. people on to like prank call someone. Just be like, no, oh, why did you call her? And people would kind of come away being like, that was. I feel nice. a little bit better because yeah. there was somebody who actually listened to them. Uh huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it. You know, I do. So you know, anyone who watched TV. And as Nate said, in the 90s and early 2000s, you saw Miss Cleo. We did. She was a, quote, Jamaican psychic and tarot reader who urged the viewers to call the Psychic Readers Network to get answers for all their questions about love, money, and other difficulties. The Psychic Readers Network's pay-by-the-minute service brought in hundreds of millions of dollars. Really? In the 2000s money. Oh my goodness, nowadays. Gracious. Right? Buy several houses with that money. And that was after offering an initial free reading that inevitably got their callers hooked and looking for more answers, as one does, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Miss Cleo was a fixture of the late night television for nearly a decade. As iconic as any other commercial character from Chester Cheetah to Flo from Progressive. Oh my gosh, she was a thousand percent the like the progressive flow. Right. Or, or like anyone who you're just oh my gosh. Because you just guy. see her and you'd like all the time. You'd see she was like more Flo. ubiquitous with a with a brand than like anyone else. Yeah. Like even more than the Where's the Beef Woman. Yeah. And we love the Where's the Beef Woman. She's right, right. Where's the Beef? You know? Yeah. But, like, the thing that was so enchanting about her was, like, she wasn't telling you to do anything negative. No, no. She yeah, just, you just, just call in. I've, I've got you ideas. You got problems? I've got thoughts for you. Yeah, yeah. You got problems? Yeah, I'll solve it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll see myself out. But, yeah, yeah. So, of course, the one thing a lot of people may not realize is that Miss Cleo was a character. <laughs> The woman who appeared in PRN's commercials was actually a writer and actress named Yori Del Harris of Los Angeles. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you to tell me that the woman on the television who told me to call in did not answer every single call in a national hotline personally by herself? No. It wasn't just a mom and pop or just a a mom shop, I guess. A mom and mom? Yeah. Right. I'm just saying... Miss Cleo was not real. How will we ever recover? My hearts and stars. But while she did have a Caribbean heritage, she had practiced to lose her accent and her background in voodoo was deemed too scary by her bosses at PRN. Which, by the way, if your initials are PRN, I think you need to reevaluate your own stance. Clearly. Mmm, hot take. And altered her television persona to be more culturally accepted in this persona of what a psychic is. And while viewers loved Miss Cleo in the provided services, whether you believed in her psychic powers or not, there was no doubt that the Psychic Readers Network was committing fraud. Really? The company charged callers for their initial free reading and bullied them into paying more than their legal obligations. Really? Goodness gracious. So the Federal Trade Commission filed a complaint against the network, which paid a fine of $5 million and forgave, get this shit, forgave $500 million in charges to callers. Fuck. 
But think about it. Hold on. They just they just forgave the charges. Basically, the government stepped in and and said, "Yo, you're nothing. Nothing really happened here. Everything's fine. Here's some money. Just go on about your business. Quite literally, just keep keep doing this stuff that you have been federally charged for as illegal." So long as you give some money to these poor folks that you swindled. Well, here's this. While the mastermind behind the company was definitely not Yori Del Harris. No, she was just the lady in the commercials. Miss Cleo was the public face of Psychic Readers Network. The general public blamed her for the fraud. Despite the fact she had made only a fraction of the money brought in by the hotline. And claimed to have a bad contract, which (laughs) I feel like that claim... As people who work in the film industry, I feel like we both are like, totally checks out. Yeah. Yeah. If you did it, do a single national commercial and you were somehow being expected to quite literally be the front person for the entire corporation and, and everything they do. the fall guy. No. No. That, that, that was not clear. What was in their contract was if they were lucky residuals. Period. Yeah. yeah. She was irrevocably associated with the company's downfall. And there were even rumors she went to prison, which, by the way, she never did. Oh, good. After Psychic Readers Network, Harris lived a quiet life, counseling neighbors in her Florida community and supporting independent entrepreneurs. A brief 2014 promo for French Toast Crunch in her Miss Cleo persona led to legal troubles, with PRN stating that Harris was barred from using that persona because it was their brand and their investment. So if she just speaks with a Jamaican accent, that's trademark. That's garbage. No, it was like, you know, she did the Miss Cleo thing. Even oh, though it was okay. a positive, they yeah. were like, how dare you? Yeah, I, so, I can totally imagine lawyers doing that kind of nonsense where it's just like, we own that character. But on, what a weird move, though, because totally. she did a positive yeah. spin. Yeah. And then they're like, no. They, they they just want every piece of every of, of course every i yeah, mean because that's that's where they started they started with getting away with what was yeah. it 500 million 500 million in charges in charges Goodness. that's just what they forgave so like you know there's that more than that so much more oh my gosh so, what a you, racket oh i know and then yori del harris died less than two years later from colon cancer mm. and she never quite overcame the legacy of miss cleo that's so rough that's i hope awful. she lived like a great and fulfilling life and Me i'm sure too. she did yeah but still what a bummer because yeah. she was a writer and an actor before this came into her life and i hope that like something great for her personally came out of it yeah it's like the, the only i'm trying to just like think of anything to be an analog of like being an up-and-coming actor and being like uh and getting a gig to like just do some walk and talk about this brand new Enron company and or, or, or something or what along if those like, lines. What if like progressive turned out to be the devil and like the or, lady who plays Flo? Yeah, and that ends up actually being a huge insurance yeah, and scam now she's MLM. like, but 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 you know, and you're yeah, like, I just Flo. I just but did I think stick we're in white. Yeah. yeah. Now we're much kinder to people who perform in that way. I think if it would have happened today. I think we would not have bit? held Miss Cleo responsible for the company. And, and like you said, th- this is just conjecture, but I wonder if it has to do with the media saturation of the internet because yeah. uh, back then, like that was 
watching television was where you would get your behind the scenes on anything. Like, like yeah. if you st- stuck around on some television shows, you would they would have a little beside behind the scenes yeah. featurette. But usually it was just uh like now it's like in between episodes of your favorite show, you could go to like any corner of the internet and just watch hours of just pick your social media of footage of people talking about that episode or that piece of that one episode. Oh, yeah. And so now it's it's like like today you couldn't say like but that actor was just making they made up the whole movie. They just they were just playing the character and the improv the whole thing. And yeah, now it's just like no, like we have footage of the writer, the producer, the director on set and Yeah. And so I I hope that your average person does not think that whoever's talking to them on the TV is the entire corporation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would hope that. I think as a culture, we are a little bit more media savvy in understanding that Miss Cleo is not the <laughs> the only one answering the call, you know? Yeah. That yeah. she was just a representative. Entirely. And not, she made no business decisions. Yeah. You know? But I feel like every now and again, you'll you'll hear of like, some celebrity who does a national commercial for product X and then someone's like, Hey, products X was mean to this one person at this one time. What do you feel about that? And they have a PR statement and they move on with their lives. But I mean, like, I'm not going to hold Samuel L. Jackson responsible for the deeds of capital one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just like, it's a credit card. You know what credit cards do? Figure it out. Here we are. Here's me showing up in a witty commercial. Moving on. Yep. You know? I mean, that that's just my take, though. Yeah. But we're going to switch over to Ooh. another psychic who did something completely different than what Miss Cleo did. We have a woman with a crafted persona as a certain type of, quote, psychic. A palatable psychic, if you will. She wasn't allowed to even do the psychic type of thing that she was around and grew up with because quote voodoo was too scary for the white audiences you know a little bit of racism just sprinkled all over that story and that's part of me like also in terms of conjecture wonders if that's why they went after miss cleo i want oh yeah that that, like because it's just like there's probably so many layers so many but that's just the brief overview of who she was if you want to know more the internet is free but I think we all can agree that Miss Cleo deserved better. So much better. Um, but while she gained worldwide fame, then sadly notoriety, there was another psychic who uh, had quietly worked with police to solve violent crimes. Ooh, really? Yeah, so we're going to talk about her. Ooh. So it is known that psychics sometimes work with police, and a lot of police don't trust them, obviously. Um, are their skills grounded in science or like, you know, a lot of people are seen as quote quacks. Um, however, this woman, Nancy Meyer, I became aware of her by her spot on Unsolved Mysteries, which, you know, shout out to my last episode with my sister-in-law. We talked about Unsolved Mysteries. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to juxtapose her against Miss Cleo because they, both did something very, very different while still being in the same lane, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, she w- had a spot on Unsolved Mysteries uh, because she assisted police in solving cases. So there have been many of psychics who have done this as well. In the case of, like, reward money, they've been frauds. But Nancy Meyer seemed to be, in my opinion, something, like, different. 
Mm. And um, so Nancy Meyer's first major case had actually taken place in 1977. So we're oh, going to wow. roll back there, okay? So she had helped Delaware's police catch a serial rapist. Wow. So the police were 100% skepti- skeptical of her abilities, but her visits to the victim's homes had dramatic results. She had touched the hand of one of the victims, and it resulted in her having a vision of this rapist. So she visited the site where one of the crimes occurred, and it led her to take an interest in a nearby payphone, and it jogged the victim's memory of the rapist using the payphone. Like, the payphone used to have a phone book. If, oh, yeah, yeah. For all of you who did not know, back in the day, payphones also had phone books because you couldn't remember literally everything. So if you need to call, like, a handyman, there was a phone book by the payphone, right? You know those boxes that Superman would get into to, to change into his Superman undies? Yeah, well, for even us, we didn't yeah. really use payphones that much. Yeah, yeah, and, and there'd be this weird, like, yellow book, big fat thing that you could, you know, rip in half that would be dangling from the bottom of it. Yeah. And you could flip through it to find, like, you know, plumbers or services or just... Or taxi services were usually, yeah. like, the most common thing used. Um, the victim recalled the rapist using that book. And so they were actually able to lift fingerprints off of that payphone's phone book. Okay. Not the actual payphone. That would be there. That would be impossible considering how many people would have used it in the night in 1977. So it it led to a direct clue that led to Mm -hmm. helping catch the wow. So, and then after visiting the victims, she left each home in a trance and ended up in the same street corner. No idea where in the vicinity she was being led. Ultimately, when she ventured farther down the street, she found a house where her instincts were telling her the rapist went each day. Interviewing Mm. the owner led the police to a man in a jail work release program who matched Meyer's vision and whose fingerprints matched the ones on the phone, like the phone booth phone book. Wow. Ultimately, the victims identified the man as their rapist, and he was convicted and sentenced to 150 years in prison. That would that would that would hold him. Bum Damn. bum bum. Yeah. So we did have a successful psychic intervention. Wow. 1977. Oh, and on just like that's that's fantastic to to have the police be it kind of like a either a dead end or not quite sure what to make of right the, all of these puzzle pieces thrown on the floor in front of them. And to just talk to a, a, a survivor for a moment, hold their hand, and then just wander out and go, and go, did you go in that direction? And and that that's where the clue is. That's where the, the yeah. smoking gun practically was. Or smoking phone book. Smoking phone book with, uh, with, the, with the prince that led to the guy. Damn. After her great success, Meyer continued to consult with law enforcement with an attributed 80% success rate. Huh. Again, featured on her 1994 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Nice. I clearly saw a rerun, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I was busting out this show at three years old. One of the cases discussed on the episode was her unsolved cases. So we're going back to the unsolved cases. One of the cases discussed on the episode, because it was Unsolved Mysteries, was the rape and murder of 13-year-old Jennifer Odom, who vanished from her bus stop in St. Joseph, Florida. Her body was found 10 miles away along a horse trail. How Nancy Meyer got involved and assisted 
was that she visited the scene and determined that Jennifer was not killed where she was found. She was able to describe some of Jennifer's possessions found nearby and several others that were still missing. The specificity of this information went so far as to describe that Jennifer was carrying her cousin's clarinet case with the letters L-O on it. Wow. Mm-hmm. As an item that was found in a rural area in 1995. So as for the perpetrators, Meyer believed Jennifer was murdered by two men, both mechanics. Witnesses saw a white man in his 40s with long brown hair driving a truck and possibly following Jennifer before she disappeared. But despite this and the details Meyer provided, 29 years later, the case remains unsolved. The suspect's vehicle was a blue pickup truck and was, quote, older at the time of the abduction. So, of course, we can't just give you this information without giving you something to do with it if you know anything about it. So anyone with information regarding that case should contact Detective George Lloydgren at 352-754-6830. So that is a case that she assisted and gave a lot of information on, but still unsolved. Yeah, didn't didn't find the the thumbprint or the the yeah. Yeah, I mean she gave clearly a... puts this exact human being at this location for this crime, but and like everything around it. Yeah. yeah. No, Oof. and I mean everything that you can do. Right. Back in that time, I mean there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So the final case that we're going to talk about today is another one of her cases that remained unsolved. It was in 1994, Michael Johnston and Rochelle Robinson were on their way home from playing Magic the Gathering in Spanaway, Washington. They were found the next morning. A woman had found Michael shot with his throat slit next to Rochelle's car in a, quote, lover's lane near a shooting range. Rochelle's body was found five miles away throat slashed and repeatedly stabbed and covered with a box. While the police believed that this was a crime of passion committed by someone who knew the victims and colleagues knew that Rochelle had a stalker, private investigator Jim Wright had a different theory. I don't like this theory personally, but I mean, we're going to do it. We're going to tell you what the theory just, is. Just here, uh, I just, like, we knew she had a stalker and... Just like that, that's go but down that avenue. Sorry, this like, is oh, uh, the early 90s. They were playing Magic the Gathering. What do you think was happening around that time? The devil, did oh my god, how did you know? Because I had parents in the 90s. Oh, why. yeah, so did I. Mm. It's the satanic panic. So he uncovered Michael Johnston's quote fascination with the occult. And when he, all his leads hit dead ends, he brought in Nancy Meyer. So without telling her anything about the case or where they were going, he took her to the site of Michael's murder. The impressions she got were that Michael died second and he was the intended victim, not Rochelle. Interesting. He believed that 
the killer knew Michael from involvement in, quote, black magic, end quote, and used accomplices to commit the crime in retaliation for breaking rules of the occult. She gave the specific detail that she believed the killer had killed before and was a professor at a local college and identified a dragon medallion that might belong to the perpetrator. So, like, a collectible pog? No, like, you know, in Double Dragon, how they had, like, a dragon medallion. Yeah, I know, but I'm just like... Yeah, I know. I I don't know what to do with that information, but I'm on two sides on that one. I don't know how to handle that, because that is the most bizarre crime it it is really bizarre. Like it, it's a uh, and her track record was a little too good for me. Yeah. To not buy this answer, but at the same time, satanic panic. Yeah. The that to me, and maybe this is just because of what I've been happened to have been looking at recently. Like reminds me of like the first murder of uh, um, uh, the Zodiac killer. It does. Uh, it, it it feels like a creepy kind of like. The fact that both their throats are slashed mm-hmm. shows that that's someone's specific predilection or possibly the same killer using the same method. And there is something methodical about what looked like he was killed, like at the spot where he may have been found in front of his car, but then she was carried elsewhere and covered Five by... miles. Five, and then a box put over Yeah. Like th- th- there, there are thoughts and feelings and emotions in terms of how you... How you really process that kind of crime like, scene. Even if you, even if they were both had their throats slashed right then and there in front of his car, there's, there's, Where's her blood? yeah, what, why would, yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot going on. And to me, it really feels like victim blaming to me to say that like, oh, well, because they played, you know, Pokemon, they deserve to die because they, they dealed with dark demonist monsters. It's just like, come on. No, it's just like. Playing Magic the Gathering is just like Dungeons and Dragons for card collectors. It's, that doesn't, I, 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 think, I think now we can look back and yes. go, obviously. But like back then to have anything vaguely popular that has a card that says like demon or monster on it. Yeah. Um, or shaman would just freak anyone out who was on the much more Christian side of the the column right and i i mean i don't know what her like specific religion was i didn't look into her in that manner she does look like a very sweet school marm Mm. like she doesn't look like somebody who's very judgmental and especially as a psychic i don't see her in like the realm to judge anyone for being of a otherworldly like lean you know what i mean yeah yeah. i don't know like that's why in another I give a little bit more credence to what she's saying. However, it's been 28 years and this crime has also remained unsolved. So anyone with information on the murders of Michael Johnston and Rochelle Robinson, you should call the Tacoma Police Department at 253-594-7947. So... That's Nancy Meyer. That's some basic information on Nancy nice. Meyer. We could go much deeper, but at the same time, feel free to Google her or watch her spot on Unsolved Mysteries because uh-huh. she she actually talks oh, to nice. uh, the investigators, gives a thing. And, like, listening to her talk is just so soothing. Like, you can tell she's actually, like, very empathetic and really good at what she does. That's but nice. That's great. clearly, psychic involvement in our life... Is there whether we put stock in it or not. It is a huge industry. Yeah. And I personally see it as 
if you go to a barber and you expect a shit haircut, right? <laughs> you're going to find flaws in the haircut. Clearly, yeah. You can go to the best barber in Beverly Hills and you can get a shit haircut if you expect it, yeah. right? If you got if you got your spectacles on, you're going to see skeptical things, yeah. Yeah. And it's a self-fulfilling process prophecy if you choose to believe in psychics and believe in this type of um i wouldn't want to say religion because it's not necessarily like here are the tenets of this religion openness to spirituality and the realm beyond Yeah. yeah this specific type of belief system right if you're trying to debunk it you will yeah just like any other religious belief you can always find a way to debunk it because it requires a type of faith Yep. But at the same time, you know, in my opinion, much like any other religion on this planet, there's a basis of faith that it requires and it's not anyone's job to tell anyone what to believe or what to do with their faith, obviously, as long as they aren't harming others or infringing on their liberty. 100%. So, so but what I found most interesting about that is the psychic business is booming, right? The Psychic Readers Network scandal... Though big and shattering, did not seem to really put a damper on things, you know, with 2022 vision. Um, They thought it once would, and it shamefully ruined Yori Del Harris's life and continued Mm -hmm. career, which does make me truly sad. And I wish she'd been able to continue her dreams, but I don't know that she didn't. Maybe her dreams changed. Yeah. Um, I can't speak for her because obviously I am not her and she has passed, so we couldn't ask her. But I hope that she would have been able to find a more, full, like, live the fulfilling life that she wanted to live. Um, but then there are many who are frauds and many who aren't, who are genuine. Um, genuine people trying to do what they say they are doing. And people say the same about holistic medicine, right? Yep, yep. So... Who's to say at this point, right? Who's to say? I think... Those are the facts. Who's to say? Who's to say? I think in in the 2020s, whatever shred of hope that gives you comfort, I'm proud of you, and hold on to that. Yeah, go for it. You know, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TalkAboutFacts, T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. And I'm Alaska Fury. I'm Nate Ruger. And you know... Tune in next week where we talk about something. Something. Goodbye. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Let's Talk a Fella. I screwed up. Okay. However, they are still unsolved. Mm. So let's talk about them. Because that's what we do at Let's Talk About the Flag. The f- what are we talking about? I almost said flax. I, I and then I realized that's a word. That's what we do here at I Don't Know What My Podcast is Called. So, after that great success. <laughs> then we talk about flax and muesli and granola and various <laughs> other cereal breakfast products that have to do with psychics waking up in the morning and... Finding bad guys. The fact that you didn't have a moment to know that I would not stumble over that. (laughs) It is just mind-blowing. I mean, the real fact of the matter is, I will 100% butcher anything, anywhere, anytime, if I have to say it at some point.
I misbubbled my own name. You misbubbled your own name? Bro, I was East Space Lizbeth. (laughs) And when I got, it was like a national exam. And when I got that test back and I took it to my dad, he was like, so are you sure you get this grade? Because I thought like your name on it was like 10 points. (laughs) You sure this is yours? And I'm like, no, no, look, the, I'm already humiliated enough. This grade isn't mine. This grade belongs to eSpace. I want to say it was like the National Latin exam or something wow. nerdy like that. And I'm like, listen here, okay? I just told some national board, I know how to tell an ancient Roman I love to walk in fields. What more do you want from me? Is that a... F- so there's a helicopter above us. What did you do? Every time I think that, I'm like, they're going to find out I downloaded something off of Napster. And like, are they even pursuing Napster related crimes anymore? Did you download a Facebook? (laughs) Just one. Anyway, back to the story. Worry. 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 Worry.